Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hey guys, welcome to this week's podcast episode. I've got a really fantastic guest today, Eric McHugh. He's the chief growth officer and founder at ShopX Labs. We're going to find out all about the work he's doing, and he's got a really interesting story. He's got an IQ of over 40. He's got chess and, and so many different interests, and I'm happy to welcome him to the show. It's going to be a fantastic conversation. So, Eric, welcome. Thanks, Chris. I'm really looking forward to being here, man. Yeah, I really enjoy networking and connecting with individuals such as yourself and kind of on the cutting edge of thought leadership. And so kind of set the stage, your background, what you do, and we'll dive right into the convo. Very nice to meet everyone. My name is Eric. I'm 30 years old. I'm blessed to be living in beautiful Southern California right now. My main hobbies are chess, Muay Thai, reading, anything under the sun, meditation. I just got back from a 10-day meditation, Vimpasa retreat and noble silence in Joshua Tree. That's a highly transformative experience. I recommend everyone check it out. In terms of schooling and work experience, I went to the I went to the University of California Irvine. During that time, I interned in Washington D.C. at the Capitol as a government affairs consulting intern, and I also interned as a project manager in Barcelona. My first real job, oh, as well as I helped uh, my brother do some dark matter research at Carnegie Mellon. So that's always that's pretty fun. Honestly, not gonna lie. In terms of first real job, my first real job out of college was at Snap Inc. And I was helping create or helping optimize their ad algorithm to make that sticky. The reason I chose that position in particular is if you're from California or if you're not, um, there's a place called Venice Beach. It's a, it's a tourist attraction. So their campus is situated in the sense it's not one big building. They bought a bunch of different houses along Venice Beach. So you would jump around to different houses and work with different groups of people on different projects. So I thought that was cool. Yeah. I also joined a month prior to their IPO because I wanted to see what it was like from like a company culture perspective. If um yeah, going through that whole experience, which was honestly a blast. So that was fun. Yeah. After that, after that ended, um, I decided to get like a full nine to five, just some um, just cool sounding job. And so that's where I ended up as a bankruptcy consultant for fortune 500 companies such as like washington mutual so what in long story short what that is is when a company goes bank, like a large company goes bankrupt there's a lot of a lot of debt they have to divide up amongst just everyone else and the consultants lawyers and court all work together in tandem to get that divided up and at that point in time i started my cryptocurrency journey so i was just researching bitcoin i think it was like um 2016 i was like reading read the white paper 
every single podcast like Cyphodine, Steplevere, Andreas Antonopoulos, Richard Ard, I would listen to as much content as I could. Shout out Caitlin Long. So during that time, I was really getting into Bitcoin. Me and my friends had a one's at Coinbase, one's at Crack, and we had a text group where we send each other like tweets, interviews, just to listen to. We were learning as much as possible. So that the whole Bitcoin ethos of Bitcoin, meaning um no rent seeking, it didn't really go well with my consulting job because essentially as a consultant, I was paid by the hour by the firm. So like, and then they would build out the company, which is a client. So in turn, I was I was taking longer than I should have in the sense like I would do Excel work. I check it twice, three times because if I were billing out to the firm, they're billing out to the client. They were happy. But unfortunately, in that situation, we were really just kind of taking money from the mom and pop who would who kind of earned that bankruptcy money. And to give your listeners a structure on like a bankruptcy, there are different tiers of creditors, meaning like people get the money first, second, third, fourth. And obviously, the little guy is always the last to get paid. So that didn't really align with the Bitcoin ethos. So I decided to wait till my bonus. I quit without a not a plan or anything because I'm just like, okay, cryptocurrency is the space I want to be in started going to cryptocurrency meetups in my local area i attended one hosted by crypto wendio in long beach i think she's like the most famous female influencer in crypto whatever that means i I don't know but it was her event i met the original shopx team and then from there we started a so shopx has been going on for a while but we started a SaaS platform as well it was called call uh, paul and lee card rev what that did is it replaced affiliate codes for e-commerce brands so if you're an e-commerce brand, you're on Shopify, you can download our app, then you can upload our products to a large database. And then any user on the app can add any product they want to a singular link. So for example, if I like Nike, this Nike shoe, Adidas shirt, uh, Reebok uh, shorts, I could add them all to a link. And then you, as my friend, you can purchase from that link in less than four clicks and we kept it native to Instagram. So that really increased conversions. At its peak, that had over a hundred different Shopify stores using that, and that all ties back into ShopX because, of course, learning to deal with Web two brands and um, like the whole SaaS platform model really just it's a it was a great learning experience. So, when you think of ShopX, uh, ShopX is one of the projects I'm working on. The other is Dating. That's D A T A I N G. And just to give that a quick shout out, that's an AI powered matchmaker. So when our app goes live. You can just link your Instagram, uh, Spotify, and then it'll, it'll scan your data and find you a perfect match based on your data versus just look. So if you wanted to hypothetically, like, hey, find me a match within um, 20 miles who has an engineering degree, who has less than a thousand followers on Instagram, is active, close to their family, it can find all that for you. So the goal is obviously to match as many people with as many like-minded individuals as possible. So that launches soon. But anyway, ShopX is the... I want you to think of the Google or Apple Web3. Mm. Long term, we're going to be a suite of products for a brand to just download an app and then interact within Web3 and gain Web3 benefits. Yeah. The, the first product we have live right now, or we have two products live, the flagship product is ReserveX, and that's our NFT-powered loyalty program. So if you're a brand, you're on Shopify, you're on WooCommerce, you can download our app. And then directly within the app, within less than five minutes, you can deploy your own smart contract with no technical help. So to deploy your own smart contract, all you would need is a image, a description, a price for your NFT pass. You can deploy your NFT pass and then add e-commerce benefits to your NFT pass. So let's say 
hypothetically Nike were to launch a gold tier pass for the use, like a gold tier loyalty program for the users, the owners of their Nike gold tier pass can get early access to products, get early access to discounts and get just exclusive benefits from the brands. That's a way to create a new relationship between the brand and the customer and thus increasing loyalty, increasing customer lifetime value, lowering the customer acquisition costs. It, it does a bunch of things. So yeah. from there, the customer purchases the pass, they get the e-commerce benefits. And as a brand deploying the pass, you have control over 95% of the funds. So if it's a hundred dollar pass, you get 95. So if you're working with like an agency or an influencer, you can program within the smart contract, they get paid out. ShopX earns our revenue from the 5%. So we would earn five bucks. And this is a perfect segue into our secondary product, which is SquadX. So that's the first ever blockchain-based ambassador program. So I want you to think of like Twitter, the Twitter creator program, where Twitter pays its uh, creators from their ad revenue in USD. So as ShopX earns ad revenue from Reserve or earns revenue from ReserveX, so that 5%, we split half of that. So 2.5% amongst our SquadX members for helping our ecosystem grow. So hopefully the goal behind that is a, it's obviously much better to give than receive. It's a good feeling, but B, it also creates an upward spiral in the sense as ShopX gets more and more brands, um, our community gets rewarded or gets paid more and more ETH, thus creating more and more hype, more social posts, more attention around that. They post more, getting more and more brands and then more and more ETH and it creates a nice little everyone win type of deal. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah. Yeah. That's quite an interesting um, intro because you uh, you laid out so many um, talking points. I didn't want to interrupt you. Um, it's so interesting. Like the, the tech founders journey is, you know, so interesting. It's like, you know, the smartest kids and, um, you know, they work for some of the best companies and then, you know, they kind of have this very um, ethos where it's like, you know, the, um, the world is your oyster and, you know, you go out and you work on these great projects and, you know, you change the world, which I really I see you doing and it's so so fascinating and you know we'll we'll talk about bitcoin um you know in the thing is like you know with crypto it's like you have the 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 um the scammers and the fraudsters of 2022 but then you have actually people that are um innovating you know like for example the coinbases and kraken uh, and, and uh, as a side note i, I went to uh undergrad with uh, Brian Armstrong. So that's how I got involved into Bitcoin and Ethereum. So, um, you know, we share some of the same um, kind of, uh, which is interesting. So one thing, um, well, I mean, you mentioned crypto and, you know, again, this is not a podcast for financial advice, you know, we're just talking about the newest cutting edge ideas. And then, but then like the term crypto has been bastardized by the media and it's associated with like, you know, Sam Bankman fried and FTX and all these guys and then but um so kind of talk about the difference between crypto bitcoin and mass adoption powered by e-commerce it's really interesting yeah yeah and to touch on your point the media um the bane of my existence is explaining like um <laughs> web 3 to web 2 brand and they're like well isn't 95 percent of crypto scam <laughs> and it's like well 
Yeah, but this is different. So to solve that issue, we've differentiated the term NFT with the NFT and ENFT is a shop exclusive and it's a NFT with um, e-commerce value. So the value comes from the e-commerce benefit that comes with NFT. For example, if like a brand were to launch an NFT, link a project that your users would buy the NFT for the product versus like the hype around that. Before we dive into crypto, I, I think it's important to just, just um, for your listeners, um, the difference between the different webs. So yeah. I can do that succinctly. I would say web one is read only, meaning um, we can read content on the internet, but we can't really create it. Web two is you can read and you can write. So think of Instagram, think of YouTube, think of Facebook, think of like Twitter, where it's like either of us could create content, either of us could read each other's created content, but we don't own the content. The platform owns the content and we've seen we're starting to see all the issues that come with that, whether it's like Facebook selling your data to literally everyone or people getting canceled left and right for no particular reason. Yeah. Web three is read, write, and own. So in web three, we could read, we can create a content, we can read each other's content, and then but we also own the content. So there's there's no way for someone to really take that away from you. And I think that's very important. And so in, in terms of general crypto, to go back to your original question. The reason I got into crypto is I would like to live a nice, peaceful life. I can do that if I view the money system as corrupt, which I think most of your listeners would view that as. And at the time, I saw Bitcoin as a solution. So I, I started uh, in full transparency. I started as, as a Bitcoin maxi. I was, I was like part of that crowd. Yeah. And and so rather than um, onboard my family at everything, well, Thanksgiving is coming up. So rather than like <laughs> Thanksgiving table, just onboard them into Bitcoin. <laughs> Slowly but surely, yeah. I've used ShopX as a great way to leverage that at scale. So, for example, in our, in our flagship launch with the MagPark, um, over fifty percent of the new MagPark pass holders, and again, I, we've used the term pass holders instead of NFT holders, just because um, a lot of people are Web two, and the market is associated with SPF and stuff like that. So it's just easier for them to digest, like a reserve pass. Yeah. So over fifty percent of the users who purchased the initial Magpark Pass were 100% brand new to crypto, meaning they've never had Ethereum before. And this wasn't like a cheap pass. At the time, it was 0.75 ETH. Yeah. I know to us crypto DGENs, that's like nothing. But imagine you're just like a kid who, who's never even had Ethereum before. You're focusing over like hundreds of dollars for an NFT pass. But yeah, so over 50% of those users were 100% brand new to crypto. And the thing is, they wanted the pass. So the incentives are right for them to actually download the pass. So once they down the pass, they're forced to interact with it. They were um, they volunteered to interact with the system, and that has the potential to create a zero to one for a lot of people. So imagine like Mag Park is fantastic. They're a mid-sized brand in LA. The guy's a homie. It's like um it's like a family type shop where it's like his customers are his family. They have a basketball court in the store for crying out loud, and like so it's that type of vibe. But imagine like a a Nike or like a Fox Studios that ShopX is working with, just onboarding those users at scale. Mm big issue for me right now or at least for crypto is like a um the user interface is pretty it's it's been i think even in the space world it's, it's pretty terrible like imagine telling your grandma she has to bridge something to get her money back the money doesn't show up and she's like well grandma yeah check reddit for this one particular issue and then you have to scroll through that so yeah. usability has been the I, I guess the biggest roadblock and the second roadblock is incentive like um again back to my grandma back to my mom they have no reason, they have no real reason to interact with Web3 or crypto. Because I mean, they're not, honestly, they're not even thinking about it. They're just kind of like going to work, I'm doing their thing. And they're just like, okay, crypto, what is that? <laughs> with e-commerce, if you can attach e-commerce utility 
to each individual NFT, then there's a reason for them to interact within the space. And obviously long-term, we want to make it so it's as simple as possible for the user. I mean, like my mom should be able to purchase a Sephora reserve pass or NFT and just claim the e-commerce benefits without even knowing she's working with NFT, but we're not quite there yet. Yeah. Yeah. It's quite interesting. I'm, I'm going to ask you about, um, you know, basically uh, whether you think mass adoption will be through um, gaming or e-commerce, but there's so many different, like, but um, like, for example, I, I like, I think that um, digital assets, blockchain, web three, these are, really how you think, you know, you have to have a really technical background, like how to, you know, use web three wallets, how to transfer funds, you know, private keys. And so I never, I never tell my friends or colleagues about this because they can get themselves into trouble. They can get hacked and, you know, get their funds stolen. So I just keep it on the down low and, um, you know, they can continue to invest in stocks or whatnot. But, um, you know, it's really interesting um, how you're talking about achieving network effects and mass adoption. Um, so kind of, um, one thing I wanted to ask you is, um, what do you think, I have to ask all tech founders this, is um, what do you think AI plays itself? Because now it's inserting itself more into the conversation every day. Um, you know, there was this uh, fiasco with, um, with uh, Sam Altman at OpenAI. Oh. <laughs> so that's talk a, more about that. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's what it, uh, uh, for your listeners, this, this past weekend, like before Alice did, the CEO of um open AI, the largest AI company. And then now, <laughs> and yeah, so it's been a whole shebang for that. I think the end result is the Microsoft CEO basically brought on Sam and his co-founder to the Microsoft project. So eff effectively um, accomplishing an acquire. An acquire is buying a company for the talent versus the services themselves. So now Microsoft has Sam and his co-founder. Yeah. The majority of uh the OpenAI company, they're threatening to leave with them. So they'll probably go there as well. And not only that is since Microsoft is involved with OpenAI, and again, don't quote me on this, I'm, I'm not like a lawyer or anything, but yeah. they also have access to some of their software. So I think, I think Microsoft walked away yeah. as a big winner. In terms of AI, I, to me, all technology is, is it's completely neutral. Blockchain as well. Mm. Whereas however people want to use it, it's going to be, it's going to be bad. It's going to be good. It's going to be in the beauties in the eye of the beholder. I view AI as a beautiful way to a connect people. That's why we're so passionate about the dating app, because it's gonna. If you're on dating apps, they are to be honest, they're crap. And the reason is the top five percent get access to everyone. No one else gets anyone, and it's all physical based. Meaning you look at one picture, swipe left, swipe right. Where this, you can match people based on actual interests. And as that app gets more and more users, uh -huh. it'll get smarter and smarter and better and better at matchmaking. So that's gonna be fun to watch. But in terms of general AI. I just view it as a tool to be leveraged. Like, for example, I know some of the best coders I know, they're cranking out code like no other using it. So I think it'd be, uh, it's going to be a tool to leverage. I can personally produce tons of content using AI and just test out a bunch of things. So you can do that at scale. Yeah. I know friends are creating AI agencies where the models, um, the agencies are all model-based. So if you pair that with like the AI-based content and pair that with like a chat GBT function, uh -huh. It's just going to scale the talented. And I know that you're a doctor. I imagine this, like um, like the top surgeons in the world, they can work remotely through robots from like, like I could be in LA getting brain surgery and you could be in Thailand <laughs> doing the surgery, but you can be controlled remotely with AI. So yeah, I think, I think it'll scale the top users, but I think it's overall, hopefully it's overall a benefit to society, but I suppose we'll find out. It's, you know, we're kind of in this um, 
period where it's like we're just getting started with business cycle. The economic is like, it's going to be really, I think 2024, 2025 are going to be really exciting. Oh, um, especially with that Bitcoin having coming up too. So that's, it's all like the perfect <laughs> storm for just like, yeah. no one knows, no one knows what's going to happen, but it, there'll be fireworks, I think. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be, um, yeah, really, I, like I said, um, we can talk, you know, for hours and um, we may have you have on as a webinar. If kind of talk to people about how they can um, follow you. And what what I find really interesting is because, you know, like the dating is like, it's so hard, like, you know, people struggle with loneliness and, you know, they have to go on, like, spend thousands of dollars, go on, like, hundreds of dates and, you know, everything, it doesn't work out and, you know, people still end up lonely. And so I think, you know, this area where um, you can use algorithms to, you know, fine tune and better match, it's almost like a Airbnb or Uber, you know, all these things, um, which would be really interesting. How can people follow you, check out your website, check out your work and follow you on social? Yeah. So I think social media is um, the best place if you want to learn about more about ShopX or dating is our website. So shopx s-h-o-p-x dot c-o and dataing is d-a-t-a-i-n-g dot i-o and we'll have those in the show notes in terms of social media uh, shopx instagram and twitter is shopx labs my instagram is eric McHugh zero it's and er, my twitter is eric McHugh zero my instagram is eric d McHugh. so those are great places I'm happy to discuss either if you have any questions about AI or any listeners have any questions about either AI or Web3. Um, just shoot me an email at eric at shopx.co for Web3, eric at dating.io for AI. And then I personally love onboarding people in technology, so I'm happy to answer any questions you have. But I think those would be those would be great spots, just like website and socials is usually a great bet. Yeah. Fascinating conversation. And, you know, it's very rare that I get the opportunity to talk to, you know, founders. Um, you actually remind me of uh, Jack Dorsey, you know, just like his path and, you know, all the work. Um, all of Eric's resources will be in the links and show notes. Be sure to follow him, uh, give him a like, thumbs up, you know, check out all, all his um, websites. And um, with that, thanks so much for coming onto the podcast. Yeah, dude, uh, Chris, thank you so much for having me. And I hope all of your listeners just have a wonderful life.